Welcome to the She Connects podcast. My name is Susan Vandenhubel, and I am honored to be your host each and every week. This is an extension of my ministry, She Rises, that allows me to connect with women in the online space. You can learn more about me and my ministry at www.sherisesmn.org or simply tap the link in the show notes. But for now, let's dive into this week's episode. Well, hi there. Welcome back to the show. We are diving into a pretty weighty topic this week, as you can see by the title of this episode, Living Without Offense. Wow. (laughs) I think that this just has so many layers to it, but I'm just going to dive right in. Uh, I'm going to do my best to cover as much of this as possible. I really do believe that this could be an entire mini series. This topic has just so so much that we could cover. But nonetheless, this has been something that has been on my heart for a little while now. And uh, I just wanted to open it up and start having a conversation about it. As we take the temperature of the world right now, we can discern that it's, uh, it's noisy. There are a lot of things clamoring for our attention right now. But one of the things that is so prevalent is the spirit of offense. Have you seen it? I mean, have you heard it? Have you recognized it? Do you do you also see that it is, I mean, it is really prevalent, right? I mean, it, it's, I don't know, like it just seems there. I mean, it's not hiding. <laughs> it It's so obvious. People are easily offended nowadays. It isn't necessarily a new thing, but offense does seem to be everywhere. So this spirit of offense that is really just kind of been set loose in the in the world, you know, I think that it's been something that we've always, as people of faith, had to guard against. Of course, absolutely, it's always been there. The spirit of offense wasn't just birthed and unleashed yesterday or even today or this week. It's been there. I just think that it goes along with just the temperature of the world and uh, and just how things are accelerating, you know, just in the spirit realm. But it's a sad truth that this applies to people of faith. And so that's who I'm going to be referring to in this week's episode. And I'm not talking at anyone. I'm just kind of letting you in on some conversation that I've had in prayer with God, thinking this, thinking this through and, uh, and just, you know, allowing the Lord to speak to me and just, you know, so this really applies to me too, because I am a person of faith. I am part of the body of Christ. Jesus said in the Gospels that offenses will come. So we shouldn't be surprised that we're baited with offense. But I think and would like to have this conversation from this angle that being offended and living offended are two different things. Let me repeat that. Being offended, in other words, feeling offended, being offended by something and living offended are two different things. It's almost like when we are living as an offended person, we have partnered with that spirit of offense. And we're going to get into that here in just a few minutes. When we are offended by something, we need to be mature and wise people of faith that know what to do with it. The offense may come, but it doesn't get 
in me. And I think that that's the key right there. When we, when we talk about that offenses are going to come versus living offended. So we can be people of faith who say that was really offensive. And I, I don't know, like I, I feel if I'm going to be honest, I feel offended by that. I feel offended that that was said to me or that that happened versus not allowing the, the offense to get in me, to um, begin to take up residency and to dwell and to, you know, begin to grow roots on the inside of me, which that just goes nowhere. That will spill over into other areas of our lives. It will affect our relationships. It'll affect our relationship with the Lord, how we worship, how we pray. It uh, We're fooling ourselves if we think that Taking a, a spirit of offense, partnering and agreeing with the spirit of offense, allowing the spirit of offense to dwell in our hearts isn't going to have an impact in our lives and spill over to every other area of our life. We're fooling ourselves. It will. It definitely will. I'm not talking about righteous anger that is defined as hating the things that God hates seeing injustice, immorality, and the culture moving from godly values, that ought to stir people of faith to a righteous anger that compels us to prayer and, as God leads, activated to stand in our faith-filled convictions. So I, I just I want to make that distinction there. I, I do believe that having a righteous anger, I do believe that that is that that is biblical because we should be people who are standing for righteousness, standing for holiness, standing for the things that that God considers righteous and holy and the things that matter to God. We should be we should be standing for those things. Those are the things that we should be in complete agreement to righteous anger. Does that mean that we that we go around and and start blowing things up or you know throwing stones or bricks at buildings or you know defacing uh public or private property or things like that absolutely not that's you know i don't i don't even think that that it goes to defaming other people's character or anything like that but there are things that we that we should have a righteous anger about uh and those things are clearly spoken of in the Bible. Uh, and there are times where God does call us as people of faith to be activated, to take a stand in those righteous convictions of, of our faith. You know, perhaps I'm thinking about here, here in, in Minnesota, there's a, a pro-life march coming up here in January. And, um, you know, perhaps that is something that you feel God is activating you to be a part of, to be involved somehow. And there's nothing wrong with that. That is standing up for the life of the unborn and believing that that abortion is not God's will, that is not is not biblical and and just applying then that righteous stand in in your convictions that God is for life that God that God created life that he created life it begins in the womb Jeremiah 1:5 says before i created you in the womb i knew you Psalm 139 says that i formed you in the womb well if god formed us in the womb obviously 
because he's the creator of all things that are good and 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 full of life <laughs> that would that would definitely apply to to the unborn that they are that that they are alive and and that they matter and that God created them and so I don't know maybe maybe I'll have to do an episode on what I would refer to as hot button topics but all of that to say I just wanted to use that as an example that perhaps something like like this pro life march would be something in your area that God is is leading you to be activated to take a stand for righteousness and holiness. A few weeks ago, getting back to our topic this week, a few weeks ago, I was praying about this spirit of offense and asking the Lord to help me live unoffendable, to be quick to forgive, keep short accounts, and a tender, teachable heart before him. I prayed that when offense comes my way, that it wouldn't have any place to attach itself in my heart. That prayer then led me to think about the soil of our hearts. If we think of it, and I'm talking metaphorically here, if we think of a garden to have a healthy crop of vegetables or vibrant flowers, we need to do some weeding every now and then. If we don't, the weeds will soon overgrow what we've planted. And then, you know, you take, for example, your vegetable garden, you're not going to yield the the crop that you hoped when you planted the seed and and you know maybe you're really great at watering and all that but the weeding is just can be such a daunting task and and yet if we're not diligent in that and setting aside time to go out and weed you know what once a week or whatever we're we're definitely going to see that the carrots that we planted or the green beans that we planted or whatever it is that we're planting, it isn't going to come up in a healthy way. And we're definitely not going to yield the the kind of crop that we had hoped for because the weeds just kind of took over and they just really kind of cramped the space for the seeds to grow and to come come to vibrancy and thrive in the garden it's going to push the seeds away and it's just going to it's just going to be disastrous it's going to be a mess and pretty soon <laughs> i'm speaking from my own my own experience several several years ago and just looking out there because i sort of let weeding get away from me i kept thinking i'll do it tomorrow or i'll do it this weekend well then tomorrow or this weekend turned into next week and then the week after that and pretty soon i just looked out there and i thought oh man it's so, it's just so bad. It's such a mess. And then it becomes more work and it takes more time. And so if, if we're diligent in keeping up with it, it becomes, well, of course, less work, right? And it becomes less daunting because we're keeping up on it. I'm going to draw a correlation to that, spiritually speaking, here in just a minute. If we apply this to our hearts, weeds would represent unrepentant sin, unhealed wounds that we keep filtering things through, which makes us hear things that were never said, or expectations we've misplaced on other people. When offense comes, it finds a place to attach itself to because the garden of our hearts is weedy. 
It just keeps adding to what is already present. You maybe have heard the the term adds fuel to it. It just adds fuel to the fire. And then the fire just burns even hotter and burns even brighter. We've seen that on both ends, of course. We want God to set our hearts ablaze so that we never grow cold and fan that fire within me, Lord. We sing songs like that. We pray prayers like that. It should be the heart's desire of every person of faith. But it also applies to when we're talking about the garden of our heart, that if there are weeds there, if there are weeds there in representing unrepentant sin, unhealed wounds, expectations, just to name a few that we've placed on other people, and those are not an exhaustive list, there could be a lot of different quote unquote weeds in our hearts. But if they are real prevalent in the garden of our heart, when offenses come, they're able to grow quicker. They're able to become more rooted and established because it's adding to what is already present in the garden of our hearts. This topic, of course, like I said at the beginning of our time together, it could be an entire mini-series. And I I know that we're not covering everything there is to cover in this topic of offense. I do, however, want to offer some tips to help you rise above the spirit of offense. Remember, Jesus said offenses will come. And so, you know, faith isn't denying reality. We don't put our heads in the sand and pretend, oh, I'm, I never get offended and people can never hurt me and words never hurt me. And, uh, you know, <laughs> I, I mean, that's just, I, we're, we're human, right? Can we just be honest and say, we are human beings. We are subject to being hurt. We are subject to being offended. We are subject to these types of things because we live in a fallen world with imperfect people. I am an imperfect person. You are an imperfect person. Only God is perfect. But because of Jesus, we can overcome and live as victorious people. And so, yes, faith isn't denying reality. And we we understand that we are susceptible to these types of things, but we don't have to stay there. When we don't draw those, those hard lines between, okay, that was offensive, but I'm going to choose to not live offended. That was offensive, but I'm not going to allow that to, to get in me and to begin to uh, fester and grow roots in the garden of my heart. I'm instead going to overcome this and live as the victorious person. I'm going to rise above this and live as the victorious person that Jesus said I can. All right, so I have several tips here. You might want to come back to this episode and, and revisit these tips because I do have several of them, but maybe even jot them down or, or push pause uh, if you're taking notes. But number one is guard your heart. Proverbs chapter four, verse 23 tells us to guard our hearts for out of it flow the issues of life. What is in our hearts is what will flow out of our hearts. That what's, that's what Proverbs chapter 4.23 is saying. Guard your heart. Guard your heart. We have to be intentional with that. We can't be passive in that area because, like I just said, what is in our hearts is what flows out of our hearts. For example, on, on days where I'm just 
feeling kind of cranky and I'm just feeling, you know, kind of, (laughs) kind of like that. Well, that is typically what flows out of me then if I don't lead myself well and I don't steward and lead my feelings and lead my emotions well, if I don't guard that, I'm going to then be be led by how I'm feeling, you know, what's flowing in my heart. So, so I'm really big about stepping back and tracing how you're feeling, what you're thinking back. Like, is it because you didn't sleep good last night? Is it because something didn't go the way you wanted it to go? Or are you just crabby? Are you just having an off day? Which is fine. We all do. We're, we're human beings. But I think just being, being careful to guard our hearts that, that even when we have those types of days, that it doesn't spill over into the next day and then the next day. And then pretty soon it's, it becomes several weeks and months. And now, you know, we're just kind of, adopting this as a lifestyle. And now we're just, you know, spilling crabbiness and spewing crabbiness and just that chip on our shoulder and that attitude into every sphere of, of our, of our lives, every area of our lives. So what is in our hearts is what flows out of our hearts. Tip number two, stay connected to the Lord. I, man, I just can't stress that enough. Be open and vulnerable with the Lord in what you feel offended about. Here's the thing. So if Jesus said offenses will come, he already knows that we're going to experience offense. (laughs) If he said it, it's not a surprise to him that we find something offensive or that was like, man, I don't understand why they said that. That was like offensive to me. I feel offended by that. If he said offenses will come, then he's not surprised by it. Okay, so then we don't have to, we don't have to partner with humiliation and shame and try to try to just kind of stuff it and try to figure it out on our own and um, muster up enough strength to just sort of push through. No, no, no. If we do that, that is what is putting our heads in the sand. We are fooling ourselves, like I just said. If we do that, we're thinking that that offense really isn't going to have an impact and spill over into other areas of our lives. It will because it's in our heart. And like tip just tip number one just said, what is in our hearts is what flows out of our hearts. So stay connected to the Lord by being open and vulnerable with the Lord in what you feel offended about. Don't allow it to sit and fester. Doing so will allow it to grow roots in the garden of your heart. Ask him to help you let it go. Be honest with him. Have an honest conversation with him. Tell him, share with him, open up your heart to him and talk it out with him in prayer. Invite him into into what you feel offended about, why it hurt you, why it bothered you, why it why it just landed with you wrong and 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 why it made you feel upset and maybe even angry and and just invite him into that. And here's the thing, he already knows it. He knows all things. He already knows. And so you can go to him. I mean, I am grateful. I was just in a conversation earlier this week with someone talking about some things that uh, she was going through in her life. And we started talking about just the greatness of having God to go to. I mean, that he is readily available to us 24 hours a day, seven days a week. 
365 days a year that our God never slumbers nor sleeps and he makes himself available to us every single moment of our lives. And he cares about every single area of our lives, including this, what we're talking about this week. Invite him into that. Don't be baited and, and take the bait that, that God isn't interested in this area of your life or that he's that he's going to condemn you and that you have to be a person of shame and and just be humiliated and and try to figure it out on your own no 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 that that is a lie god does care about this and he wants to set you free from it and that happens by one guarding your heart and two staying connected with the lord and just having a conversation with him i am so grateful that I can go to the Lord and you can go to the Lord and have open and honest conversation, letting him into, you know what, Lord, that was really hurtful. And I don't understand why that happened or why that was said. And will you come and help me work this out? Will you, will you remove this from my heart? And, and will you help me to let this go? Will you replace this with what is true? And, and will you speak into whatever, whatever it is that, that you feel offended about? And he will do that. He will do that because that's his heart for you. Tip number three is wait for it. Don't turn me off. Don't turn me off. It's forgiveness. Hang with me here. I know letting it go is extending forgiveness to the offender. Here's the thing that trips us up. We feel justified in being offended because of the wrong done to us. And the thought of forgiving that person, especially without a genuine apology, it feels so wrong and incredibly unfair. And it really is like sandpaper. It's sandpaper and it goes against, it rubs against the nature of our flesh as human beings that that wants to demand its rights and wants to uh, seek vindication and seek uh, recompense from that person and just give that person a piece of our mind and tell that person how wrong they are and, and just really want to defend ourselves. Listen, I tell you what, I've learned this. I have learned this. And so if I can give away the things that God has taught me over the years and he has helped me to become more mature in, listen, he is really great at being our defender. God says, I think it's in, is it in Genesis? I think, oh, I don't know the address to that. You can, you can look it up in your concordance or even Google it, but I do believe it's in, it's in the book of Genesis, which is the first book of the Bible, that God is our shield and our defender. Man, think about that. Defender with a capital D. <laughs> that is a part of his character. That is an attribute of your God. He is your defender. And you know what? No one can defend you like your God, including you including you. Man, if I'm so grateful that God, I had to learn it the hard way and I have not perfected it, but 
he has helped me to come so far in this area because I, I used to be a person that was so easily offended and I would just take offense to every little thing. Uh, and I did not guard my heart. Well, I did not stay connected to the Lord. I just allowed it to fester and, and really begin to establish roots in the garden of my heart. And then pretty soon my heart was so full of the weeds of offense that I mean, I was really, um, I was experiencing everything that I'm talking about and sharing with you on this week's episode. It spilled over into every area of my life and I wanted to defend myself. I was going to take care of me. I was going to, I was going to defend myself. I was going to take care of this. I was going to resolve this. I was going to let that person know exactly what they did was wrong and unfair. I was going to demand an apology. I, 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 you know what the common denominator in all of that is? I, yeah, I, and I remember a pastor um, at our church, like way years ago when, when we were first, uh, Tim and I, when we were first born again believers, I remember the pastor one day uh, gave a gave a sermon on sin, and he said this, and it has stayed with me all of these years. And I I heard this I don't know like thirty years ago. He said this: Never forget that I is in the middle of sin. I is in the center of sin, man. And so when I talk about all of the ways I I I I I, you know what? That's sin. That's sin. <laughs> Listen, I am not a good defender of Susan. I am not good at extracting recompense and reward that is I feel is due to me. But when I step back and I go to the Lord and invite him into what was hurtful and offensive to me, and I allow God to help me through that, through these things that I'm sharing with you, through these different steps, Listen, I have seen God defend me and step in, in ways that have astonished me and left me in awe and wonder of God. Because here's the thing, when he defends you, he does it in a way that is the most meaningful and the most uh, impactful for you. And he does it in a way that, I don't know, it's like, it, it just... Like it, it makes you feel at peace, you know, like it, because when we're out there trying to extract all this stuff and we're taking charge and, and I'm going to defend myself, you know what, that just does nothing but create more strife. And, and it just continues to talk about adding fuel to things when we're out there trying to do these things in and of ourselves, that is adding fuel to spirit of offense that is that is on the inside of us that we have partnered with. It's adding, it's adding weeds, it's multiplying weeds, it's watering the weeds in the soil of our of our heart, in the garden of our heart. That's what's being watered are the weeds, are the weeds, not the beautiful things that um, you know, the the seeds of God's word and the seed of of, of God's goodness and faithfulness in our, in our lives. That's not what's being watered. It's the weeds that's being watered. And so I, I just can't stress that enough to help you reframe forgiveness, man. And only God can help you do that. Really, only he can. But I would say this, when you reframe forgiveness, it's really understanding that it's not about the offender. 
It's about you, your heart, and the bondage that unforgiveness creates. Unforgiveness will imprison you and hold you longer than you ever wanted. I guarantee it. It will happen. It will happen. And I've been there and I've done that and I've seen it. I've experienced that. And I'll tell you something. If we become more diligent in step one, uh, guarding our heart, we will, we will keep ourselves from becoming imprisoned and being held longer to unforgiveness than, than we wanted to. Guarding our heart is, is just, that is really what helps us to really kind of put the other, these other steps. Like, I feel like they follow. (laughs) I didn't even do that really um, numerically, but I do think that guarding our hearts really, it starts there, doesn't it? It, it really does start there. It starts by keeping a short account, staying close to the Lord, allowing him to come into our hearts and asking his Holy Spirit to look around, look around in our heart. Is there, is there anything that is in me, God, that is offensive to you? Because here's the thing. I say that uh, extending forgiveness isn't about the offender. It's about you. But you know what? Even apart from that, God commands us to forgive. We are commanded to forgive. And the thing about that is he knows how hard it is to forgive. He understands that. And he doesn't expect us to to just do it in our own strength, to, you know, just kind of try to figure it out on our own. But he helps us to be able to do that. And I think that extending forgiveness, it has to begin without having the feeling first. Because if we're honest, and I don't think it's my own sad story, but but when I've had to extend forgiveness, I don't always feel like it. I don't want, I don't always feel like I want to forgive. I don't always feel like, like, mm, like I'm super motivated to do that. But you know what? I, I don't allow that to be the leader. I instead choose to honor the Lord and say, you know what, God, I want to be right with you. And I know that carrying unforgiveness, carrying a root of bitterness, carrying uh, a spirit of offense is offensive to you. And I want to be able to stand before you with a clear conscience, a pure heart, because I know if I don't, it's not only offensive to you, but it's going to affect my relationship with you. And you know what, God, you matter to me more than any other relationship in my life. And I don't want anything to come between me and the Lord. And I'm sure that you don't either. And so this this forgiveness piece is really powerful, but I would humbly encourage you to not wait for your feelings to be your motivator. It really becomes, it's like an act of obedience and God will help you. I want to, I want to, before I go into, I have three more tips here. We've covered three, three tips, and I have three more tips to to run through here in this episode. But I want to quick just give you some pointers on what a a genuine apology sounds like, maybe from someone that is, you know, reaching out to you and uh, and 
they're offering you an apology and and really you know kind of filtering this is this how come this doesn't really feel like an apology how come it feels like it's more about you or how come I feel like you're blaming me and it's all on me instead of you know maybe recognizing is there a possibility that you've done something to contribute to this situation and then also applying what a genuine apology looks like for our benefit too because you know what Sometimes we say or do things to other people that are hurtful and we need to extend an apology and, and seek their forgiveness. So these are some some things that God has taught me over the years in regard to forgiveness in our relationships. Number one, an apology is not about the offender. An apology is not about the offender. It's not about them. Number two, The offender owns their behavior and they don't speak casually about what was said or done that created the hurt. So number one, the apology isn't about them. Number two, they own their behavior and they don't speak casually about how hurtful, how hurtful it was, whatever it was that was said or whatever it was that was done. Number three, their apology is sincere. They recognize the impact on on you and they're apologizing for it. They're they're not pointing fingers. They're not blaming because because when we start blaming, when we start blaming, that's really not a genuine apology. And they're making it about themselves. Number four, without those three things, the apology not being about them, not owning their behavior and not a sincerity in recognizing the impact of what was said or what was done uh, and what they're apologizing for without those things, everything else is simply a deflection or a denial. And that is not a genuine apology. If you think about, if you think about that and apply it spiritually speaking, that's really what repentance is, isn't it? That's what repentance sounds like when we go before the Lord, when the Holy Spirit has brought conviction uh, in, in our lives in, a, in an area that, that, we have, that we have sinned in, that we've fallen short in, and we recognize that we've been made aware of it through the Holy Spirit's conviction. We need to go to God in repentance and, and seek his heart. We see these things, spiritually speaking, don't we? The apology, God, it's me. Um, if we're going to the Lord in repentance, God, I recognize that I did something, that I acted in this way, or I said this, or I did this thing, and I'm owning this. I, I recognize that it was me. I am not justified in that behavior, in that attitude, or what I said, or what I did. And I just want to, I want to come before you. I own that. I own what I said, I own what I did, and I come to you in repentance, recognizing that that was not honoring to you. It does not look like, it does not sound like you, and I repent of that, and I turn from that behavior. I re- I, I turn from that behavior, and I instead choose you. We see, we see these things, spiritually speaking, too, don't we? Yeah, so so powerful, not a deflection, not a denial. And I think that when we look at Psalm 51, which is just a uh, it's a psalm written by by David and it's it's a tear-stained testimony of a repentant servant of God who recognized that he 
he really did some offensive things against God. And he came before him with a pure, repentant heart, a contrite, repentant heart. And I really believe that that is the difference between Saul and David and why David is referred to as a man after God's own heart, because he didn't deflect. He didn't deny, he didn't blame, but he did everything that we just talked about in what a genuine apology, genuine repentance sounds like. All right, back to our tips. Tip number four, heal. Be committed to the heart work of healing from past wounds. Heart work is hard work, but it is so worth it. Number five, avoid useless arguments. Sometimes people just want to argue and aren't interested in engaging in healthy conversation. You don't have to show up for every argument you're invited to. Use wisdom and discernment. Ask the Lord to help you know whether or not this is something you need to engage in. Sometimes it is simply a matter of not addressing shade from trees with no fruit. <laughs> and I say that unapologetically. <laughs> Number six, our, our final, final tip here. Set your mind. Colossians chapter three and verse two says this out of the Amplified Version. Set your mind and keep it set. Set your mind and keep it set. What are you thinking about? What are you meditating on? What are you fixating on? Man, we have to rise above, like I said at the beginning of this episode, we have to rise above the things in this world because I believe that these things that, that we're seeing unfold, they're only going to increase because the Bible says it's going to increase. That These things are going to only continue. And so what are we going to do? Are we just going to succumb to it all or are we going to rise above? And we can rise above by setting our mind on God, setting our mind on, on heavenly things and adopting a biblical worldview and seeing things through God's eyes, seeing, seeing his perspective, setting our mind and keeping it set like dials that we use in our everyday lives. We dial in our, our minds. We dial in what we are focusing on. We dial in on what we're choosing to meditate on. That's why it's so important, especially in this hour that we are living in. It's always been a priority. It's always been important to stay in the word, but we need it even more. We need to be people of the word, women of the word. Amen. All right. Thanks for tuning in this week. I believe that that this episode was so timely and just needed. It was a needed conversation. And so I hope that it offered value to you uh, and helped you. And let me know what you what your thoughts are. Let me know what your takeaways were. I I always love hearing from you. So thank you so much for reaching out with your with your comments, your feedback. Thank you for leaving reviews. And even if you don't want to leave a review, thank you for just putting some stars, those those five stars that we're looking for five stars. Thank you for the five stars because that is considered a review. I don't know if you knew that, but five stars is considered a review. And that's saying, you know what, this podcast is making a difference in not only my life, but in this world. And it's it's adding value to me and it's helping me to retire in my faith and step out into the things that God is calling me to do. So thank you for tuning in. Thank you for your review. Thank you for your feedback. Have a great rest of your week and I'll catch you right back here next time. 
Thank you so much for joining me this week. It was great connecting with you. Hey, would you do me a quick favor that would mean the world to me? Would you go ahead and leave a few stars and a review or even a comment? It not only means so much to me, but in the online space and the podcasting world, the more stars, reviews, and comments that a podcast receives, the further the reach. It ranks up a little bit higher in Google searches, which then results in reaching more women with this amazing content. So if you are blessed and enjoying, you know, just the content that you are hearing here on the podcast, would you go ahead and leave a few stars, a review, and some comments? It means the world to me. Thank you so much, and I'll catch you right back here, same place, same time, next week.